The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Here they come! What the hell are you two doing? The revolution with Jim and Trav is what America is screaming for. You are a part of it. One's as bad as the other. It had that effect like you didn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> a show in which all others will be judged. A show about nothing and everything. Well, that's all there is to it. It's a riddle wrapped in a mystery. Something, something or other. Inside an enigma. You're underselling it, which means it's awesome and I want it. Often imitated, but never duplicated. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is on. Presented by Outdoor Channel. Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Gordon Whittakin makes me blush. North American Whitetail. Leela Kosky makes me crush. Big Buck Down. Austin Muthini from the Brigade. <laughs> they are on today's show, yeah. Hey everybody, this is Gordon Whittington with North American Whitetail, and you're listening to my good buddies Jim and Trev. Holy smokes, my life is complete. <laughs> Gordon Whittington said good buddies in our names in the same sentence. Yes. That same was breath. not coerced. It was not paid. That was authentic. He'll never say it again. That's like getting one of those quotes on the back of a book jacket from the New York Times, you know? <laughs> that was like the best thing ever. Yeah. So we are talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions on today's show. And joining us, hey, it's Gordon Whittington, the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail Magazine and also a charter member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV. Yeah, that's Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sportsman Channel. Plus, you can get the all-new June issue. It was just released of North American Whitetail right now on newsstands. Coming up after him is going to be Lee Lukoski. Yeah, he actually has a program called Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Old Tiff is not going to be on the show today, but uh, Lee's here. That's right, the birthday boy himself. And make sure you watch Crush with Lee and Tiffany Sundays, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. And wrapping things up is going to be Austin Matheny. He's a contestant on the Brigade Race to the Hudson Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. 750 miles, 28 days, $500,000. Are they going to make it? Are they all going to die? I don't know. You're gonna Are they going to live it? in his beard? Yeah, they could live in his beard. This man is a Viking. King. <laughs> uh, this is going to be such a fun show. Mrs. Bonnie, you're just here for a little bit. You bet. I'm taking off, boys. You're kind of a tease. Yep. Just like Gordon. All right, so let's <laughs> get to Gordon Weddington, the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail, and it's brought to you by Cinch Jeans. The revolution with Jim and Trev is on the air. We're talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions this week. Now, here's a two-part interview with Gordon Weddington, editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail and charter team member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV. Brought to you by Cinch Jeans. The official clothing brand of the revolution with Jim and Trav. View their entire line of apparel at cinchjeans.com. Here's part one. So, Bunny, have you checked Jimbo for ticks yet? Neither have I checked him for blue tongue. Or hemorrhagic disease? No. Do you have that brucellosis? Yes, I do. Yes. That's what's wrong with his elbow. Yeah. (laughs) He's got a little inflammation. (laughs) He's been hanging out with feral hogs. All right, so just now being joined by Mr. Gordon Whittington, the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail Magazine, and also a charter team member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV. That is Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, on Sportsman Channel, in the all-new June issue again of North American Whitetail just hit the 
stands. Uh, kind of interesting, man. Uh, you wrote an article, I think it was about a year ago in February, uh, titled, Why Drought Isn't the Only Factor in Deer EHD. Now, commonly, it's been told that drought really impacts uh, EHD and its uh, relative blue tongue. But you have found some case and studies, and you've actually chronicled it in this article where an overproduction or amount of moisture has actually led to new cases of EHD. So are we looking at this completely wrong? Kind of fill us in, man. There's a lot of things here uh, we're missing we'd like to know about. What say you? Well, the thing is, you can have a place that if you look at its rainfall record, let's say for the year, and you say, okay, we've got normal rainfall this year and or even above normal rainfall, but then you look back and really look all habitat information, obviously, is site-specific. So, you know, if you say, well, on my farm, we, yeah, we got a lot of rain last year, but we went a long, long time between rains. And so what happened, we did have some low water levels, but we also had a lot of mud that was created after some of these hard rains. And that mud is where the midges come out of that they hatch from that actually carry and transmit EHD virus. So when you have mud, whether it's because it's a wet year or a really dry year where there's mud kind of evolving, if you will, around these shrinking water holes, then in either case, you know, mud is mud. So, I mean, you, you could still have EHD, and there's going to be some of it every year regardless. Yeah. Now, is it uh, true that not every place has EHD? I mean, they have midges, but uh, not all of them are infected with it. Is that true? Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, I you know, it's not like everybody's, uh, uh, you know, got super localized information about this all over the Whitetails range. But by and large, what's happened, you have more residual EHD of the native variety. I mean, there's many strains of it, and the native variety has been around in the south so long that a lot of deer have developed some resistance to it. And if they survive it and then, uh, you know, they go on and they may not be affected by it again. And many deer, you know, don't die of EHD, even though they contract it. Uh, I've seen deer up in Illinois in places that you look at the hooves and you can tell that they're kind of malformed or whatever. And that's often a sign that the deer has survived EHD. So, you know, there's the EHD in a lot of places, but what's made it so virulent in the last few years and what's really hit places like the Midwest, up into southwestern Michigan, over into western Pennsylvania, uh, eastern Kentucky, places like that, is the fact that we have some, quote, foreign strains of it that are now in here in North America, and there is no real resistance to some of those like there would be the, quote, native type. So, and I'm not an epidemiologist, so I'm not going to, you know, act like I am, but I will say this, that that has made it somewhat more, you know, destructive when it does hit because a lot of local populations don't really have any resistance to it. And people ask, well, why don't they have it as bad in the south as in the north? When you have a little bit of it in the herd all the time, then you know, then you do have resistance kind of build up through through your deer population. But when it only comes every seven, eight, ten years, as it often does in the northern plains or up in the Midwest, Great Lakes, 
then what happens is that you've got whole generations of deer that have not been exposed to it, and they're they're extremely susceptible to it at that point, and you have major die-offs. He's not an epidemiologist, but he can spell it. Yeah. That's something we cannot do. Uh, Mr. Gordon, I can't even say it. <laughs> Mr. Gordon Whittington, the editor-in-chief, North America Whitetail, the June issue was just released this week. You have to pick it up, and if you don't subscribe, we highly recommend that you, gotta you get do. It. Now, I was reading that a good hard frost can kill off these midges and you know it's so amazing i think early april even though it's been cold we've been getting snow we have already had mosquitoes we got i mean uh, just a bunch of stuff going on right now and we've had a lot of late frost how cold does it actually need to be to kill off some of these midges i know as you go into fall you need to be careful if you're hunting in an area that has been prone to ehd outbreaks and they say one of the best things is you can have a heavy frost to kill them off but how cold does it actually have to be to do that that is a good question and i don't know that i'm even qualified to answer it but i will say that you tend to see it disappear basically overnight once you get what we would call a you know a good frost now, you know, whether that's 34, you know, here in Georgia or it's 29 up in Montana, I guess the bottom line is that when it gets around freezing, the annual life cycle of those midges uh, cuts off and they die at that point. However, by that point, they've reproduced and laid their eggs in the mud. And when they rehatch the next year, regardless of how late the first uh, freeze of the spring would be, they're still going to have their annual cycle. It's the same way we see with ticks. As you know, I mean, ticks are a lot of times after a hard winter, people say, well, gee, there won't be any ticks now. Well, good grief. There, there's no place has any more ticks than the upper Great Lakes region, and it gets super cold there every year, you know. And so some of these things have just evolved to deal with no matter what the high and low temperatures, the moisture levels and all that stuff. All, obviously, all these pests, if you will, are survivors, and there's always going to be some of them. You bet. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? I got a whole lot more questions I want to ask you. Sure. Hey, we've been talking with Gordon Whittington. He's the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail and a charter member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV. That's right. Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Sportsman Channel. Plus, you have to pick up the June issue of North American Whitetail that was released this week and get a subscription. Mr. Gordon, before we get to a break, to learn more about you, North America Whitetail, getting a subscription, possibly your address so we can stalk you. Where can we find you online, buddy? We are at NorthAmericanWhitetail.com. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook as well, but NorthAmericanWhitetail.com is where it all happens. All right, this has been brought to you by Cinch Jeans, the official clothing brand of the revolution with Jim and Trav. View their entire line of apparel at CinchJeans.com. Coming up next, hey, Gordon Whittington, part two. Don't go anywhere. The Whitetail Whisperer, Gordon Whittington, Editor-in-Chief of North American Whitetail and Charter Team Member and Regular Contributor to North American Whitetail TV. Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sportsman Channel, will return with Jim and Trav after these words from our partners. However, to ease your separation anxiety while you wait, just punch in JimandTrav.com. It's the Lucas Oil Challenge Cup. All right, let the games begin. 30 anglers compete. No information, no practice. You put the boat in the water and you go figure them out that day. Only one is named Challenge Cup Champion. Just highest to highest and lowest to lowest. <laughs> General Tires Major League Fishing. Saturday at 2 p.m. After the action, go inside the game with Major League Fishing's All Angles. Presented by Gene LaRue. Only on Outdoor Channel. Deer Stopper.
Bull Bumper, Donkey Knocker, Elk Crusher, Brush Guard, Cow Pusher. No matter what you call it, make sure it's a Ranch Hand Legend Grill Guard. The leader for over 30 years in front-end protection for trucks and SUVs. Visit RanchHand.com to see which Ranch Hand Grill Guards, Bumpers, and Running Steps fit your Ford, Ram, Chevy, GMC, or Toyota. Ranch Hand, built in America. Built by our hands. Built to take a hit. The Revolution with Jim and Travis is on with, with, with Whitetail Habitat Solutions. Now, let's get back to Gordon Whittington, Editor-in-Chief of North American Whitetail and Charter Team Member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV. Brought to you by Ranch Hand. Built to take a hit. View Ranch Hand truck accessories online at ranchhand.com. This is part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions on this week's show. Before the break, we had part one with old Gordon Whittington, editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail Magazine, also charter member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV. It's seen Wednesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern Time on Sportsman's Channel. Yeah, plus you can go back and pick up previous seasons and episodes with the My Outdoor TV app, but the all-new June issue of North American Whitetail actually dropped this week, Jimbo. It did. Jimbo's got a subscription of it. I have it right here. All right, so Mr. Gordon, welcome back for part two. Uh, let's get into a balanced nutritional program because, uh, you know, deer primarily have two stress periods. You have one. Kind of like me. Yeah, Jimbo, he's stressed all the time, <laughs> and that's why he drinks. No, you have one in winter and one in late summer. But do you think a lot of hunters, uh, in terms of land management and conservation efforts, they have a tendency to focus on a specific time of year that's maybe beneficial for them in hunting rather than supply adequate cover, forage, water, etc. year round? What say you, man? Yeah, sure. I mean, here's the thing about it is that there's a little bit of a sense of false sense of security, I think, for people in farming country because it's obvious that you can look out across miles and miles of uh, green soybeans or, or standing corn or alfalfa, things of that nature, and say, well, good grief, no deer could possibly begin to eat all this food that's here. And that's why we have big deer and big antlers and, you know, a healthy herd. And so, you know, really, it's just like, hey, we don't have to do anything except go hunting. Well, there's a lot of the year where those crops, I don't care how intensively farmed it is, I don't care how fertile the soil is, you still have stress periods during the year, particularly in the winter, obviously, post-harvest. And particularly these days when 30 years ago you go into a soybean field after it was picked and there were a lot of soybeans still on the ground. But today's farming machinery is so efficient that we really don't have all the waste grain that we had back in those days. A, a few people are still running old machinery, and and they might have more waste grain in the field uh, than somebody else might. But still, you know, overall, it's just not that much out there for a deer to eat. That's why if you look in these little woodlots between these big ag fields, sometimes you find out that all the green briar and elm and everything like that that's good native forage is just eaten to the ground. And you say, why would this be? Because... When the crops aren't right, then the deer have to still keep eating. And, you know, deer still have to have cover, water, food, you know, security. They have to have it all year long. And, you know, a lot of people just kind of, well, if it's green out there, it must be good for the deer right now. Well, there's there's lots of times when it's green, but there's not that much good deer food. And so I think we have to learn to think like a deer and, and look at things through a deer's eyes. Yeah, we're talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions with Mr. Gordon Whittington, the editor-in-chief, North American Whitetail, in the June issue was just released. Got to pick it up today on newsstands or, better yet, get a subscription. You know what's kind of amazing is a lot of boys and girls we, talk, we talk to all the time, this year, they're going to start planning a food plot. And I think it's so exciting that they're getting into it. 
But really, right now, you need to be planning for those cool season plots. You need to get in the field. You need to turn that field over, let all that organic material break down, decay, add nutrients back into the soil. And if we don't want to set ourselves up for failure, let's say we want to go in there and disc things up, let it sit two, three weeks. That soil is going to be too hot. It's not going to produce well. So the work you're kind of doing now, Mr. Gordon, shouldn't it be planning for fall? Yeah, it, you know, it really should be. That's one thing we see, though, with, with food plotters and particularly first-time food plotters is that they've convinced themselves, okay, if I plant this, no matter what their kind of seed we're talking about, that that's going to make the big difference in my in my deer season or I'm going to start suddenly growing these Boone and Crockett bucks. So I need to run out and grab a bag or a whatever, a, a jug of seed, and I go out there and sprinkle it around and then sit back and wait for you know, kind of a jack-in-the-beanstalk mentality here where it's just going to burst out of the ground and be awesome. Well, it just really doesn't normally work like that. It's still farming. It's still gardening, if you will. And and if you don't follow the, the established steps that it takes to prepare the site, then the plot will never be what it could have been. And, and site preparation is more than just saying, I'm going to go out with a rake and scratch up the ground and sling some seed out there and hope for the best. That's really not going to yield a very productive plot. So you do need to take the steps, whether it's lime, you know, the soil testing, the lime addition to raise the pH, the uh, just in general, the incorporation of that native material back into the soil and continuing to get that, that weed germination so you can then go back and till or, or whether you want to spray or whatever, and continue to go back and forth uh, with it and repeat that cycle, trying to kill out all those weeds that are already in any piece of ground you turn is going to have weed seeds in it and grass seeds. So you're trying to kill out all that competitive stuff before you can start with a clean seed bed. And that takes, at a minimum, takes weeks, uh, really, to do it right. And and if you can get in out there right now in a, in a piece of what I would call just virgin ground, and start out, uh, a lot of people mess up because they just scratch it up, they throw seed out there, and then they realize that their plants don't have a chance because the soil isn't right and the competition is too heavy and their crop just gets uh, swallowed up by what's already you know native growing out there, and they just feel like they bought bad seed. Well, they didn't buy bad seed, they just didn't do it right. And so never blame the seed guy for the fact that you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> there you go. Now, now the thing is, I've, I've got a piece of property. I've been watching it over the last couple of years, but I'm finding that piece of property is a pass-through property. They're going from one place to another and not even really hanging out on my place unless they absolutely have to because of pressure. Now, what can I do? What plants can I put in there that will hold them in place at least for a while? Well, you, you want a good diverse habitat because that's a healthy habitat for all wildlife. But if you can go in with some things like your uh, warm season grasses, a lot of people now are starting to plant switchgrass. And switchgrass is really a good, it's not native to all of North America, but it grows well in a lot of places. And it's uh, it's really good bedding and holding cover not just for deer but also for upland birds and a lot of small animals and things and and you can put in just a few acres of switchgrass and in within a year or two a lot of times you'll have a tremendous number of deer and other animals using that property more so 
I do think you have to be careful as you start to establish cover because if it's not the right kind of cover, again, it could be an ecological problem. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions with Gordon Winnington. He's the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail Magazine, a charter member and regular contributor to North American Whitetail TV. Yeah, now we got about 20, 30 seconds. Give us a little insight. What can we look forward to in the June issue? Uh, June issue, we have a, a really neat story about a, a guy in West Virginia who bought a small piece of property several years ago and didn't even, first year he had it, didn't even see a buck on trail camera and was really kind of depressed. But he thought, you know, I'm going to keep managing this place. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to stick with it. And last year, opening day of bow season, he shot an actual Boone and Crockett buck with his bow Ooh. on his own property. And that's just really one of those great success stories. I think, you know, motivates and uh, inspires everybody that, hey, this can be done. You know, go do it. You bet. Hey, that's in the current issue of North American Whitetail Magazine. Hey, coming up next is Lee and Tiffany Likoski. They host The Crush with Lee and Tiffany Sundays at 730 on Outdoor Channel. That's right. You have to watch it. This has been brought to you by Ranch Hand. Built to take a hit. View Ranch Hand truck accessories online at ranchhand.com. And again, Mr. Gordon, one last time, where can we find you online? We're at NorthAmericanWhitetail.com. All right, don't go anywhere. Lee and Tiffany, coming up next. Stick around. Keep on listening, because after the break, we'll crush Whitetail Habitat Solutions with the Food Plot Pros. Lee and Tiffany Lukoski from Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. But to quench your whitetail conservation needs until then, visit us at JimandTrav.com. On the Gulf of Mexico, one fishing charter rises to the top. There's no telling what we're going to see or what we're going to encounter. They are the few, the proud, the voodoo crew. We want to catch that big fish just as much as they do. The most exhilarating ride you'll take all year. When you got a big fish on the line, that battle is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Oh, yeah! Voodoo Crew. Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Piggy Holsters is an American company that specializes in developing and producing concealment holsters and other everyday carry products. All of our products are made right here in the USA and come with a lifetime craftsmanship warranty. Our holsters are designed for inside the waistband or pocket carry. There are no bulky, uncomfortable clips, hooks, or straps. They use our proprietary sticky material to securely hold in place. Carry confidently in comfort. Sticky Holsters, the brand that fits your lifestyle. Welcome back to the revolution with Jim and Trav and Whitetail Habitat Solutions. Now kicking off a two-parter with Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Brought to you by Horizon Firearms, the official rifle of the revolution with Jim and Trav. See them online today at horizonfirearms.com. This is part one. Hey, we are back. We're talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions on this week's show. Before the break, we had two-parter with old Gordon Whittington. He's the editor-in-chief of North American Whitetail and also a member of the North American Whitetail TV. And right now, being joined by Mr. Lee Lukoski, he is the undisputed Whitetail Heavyweight Conservation Champ of the World. Uh, he's also the co-host alongside Miss Tiffany. Uh, that is Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Where? On Sportsman's Channel. No, it's on Outdoor Channel. It is it on Outdoor Channel. It has been since the beginning. 
<laughs> uh, anyways, Mr. Lee, buddy, how's it going, man? Going good. How are you guys? Doing great. Hey, we're talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions on this week's show. And, of course, you know, you guys have just been inundated with not only rains but floods and so forth. It's got to have pushed back your, uh, your food plot planning so far this spring. Are you in the process of changing some of your ideas? Well, Yes and no. Um, it is true. We, we have like zero fields in. We got, I got like one corn field in, but I went looked at it yesterday and it's, I could bring my fishing rod out and go fishing on it. So <laughs> there'll probably be a replant on that. So we're basically starting from zero other than overseeding some of my clover fields. And it's been perfect for clover. You know, like last, it's been so dry over the past couple of years that you know, some has gotten spotty and, and, you know, just because the deer eat it right down to the ground and then some of those die. So it was perfect for overseeding some of my clover fields with all this rain pounding it in, but that's about the only thing it's been good for. But we've been doing other things, and in the meantime, we're not sitting our hands. So, you know, we'll get it all done eventually, but it, it does change some of the plans that we had, for sure. Yeah, now, a lot of people, they sit there, and I we've all been guilty of it. You have a super dry winter. We don't get that much moisture. Spring is dry as well, and we're crabbing that there's no moisture. This year, for so many people, it is the exact opposite what would you rather have, dry conditions or these wet conditions? Definitely the wet ones because really? we had like five years of really wet stuff and it was, you know, our office building flooded and everything else. I was like, oh, my gosh, this was, you know, several years ago. You're like, man, I just would give anything to have a dry year. At least you can get everything done and, you know, and then you just got to wait on the rain. But then we did have that and that's when all our EHD started. So we had, you know, it's been six or seven years since we had those real wet years and just losing deer and everything else. They bring on the rain. That's like now I'll never be mad about too much rain ever again. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty happy about this, even though it's setting us back and everything else. Um, just from past seasons, you know, I'm never going to complain about too much rain ever again. Yeah. Now you said that uh, you, you've kind of changed your plans, but you like that clover. Is there something else that you can plan along with that to maybe, you know, you, you would have already had uh, food plots available, say, in another three or four weeks. Now it's going to be like maybe six weeks. Uh, is there <laughs> something else you can put with that in order to uh, make it grow? I don't plan anything along with it. I've just, you know, done those clover fields straight. But for me, I'm not too concerned about it because like, I don't need to have it dried down. It just needs to stay there for deer. So I'm not too panicked about that. And, you know, like we do clover, corn and beans early, and then I don't do like all my turnip and radish fields and everything. I don't even start those until like July. So I've got plenty of time on those. And then like my winter wheats and like buck forage oats and things like that. You know, we don't do those until last week in August, first week of September. So we've got plenty of time on that. It's mostly the, the corn and beans right now. And you just get antsy because, you know, you just feel like you should be out working. So we've just been doing about every every day when it's been too wet. I've been going out hinge cutting and working on you know, habitat improvement. Still, deer feed for you know, just not in a di- not in the same sense. You know, so you're you're just getting all the treetops on the ground and getting more sunlight in there. And so we're always just still working on stuff. And Tiffany, we bought a bunch of uh, apple and pear trees and been planting those and just doing other things when we can't be in the fields planning. We're still always thinking about deer and the nutrition and what we can do to make our farms better. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Lee Lakoski makes you watch Lee and Tiffany on Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Now, let's kind of get into uh, food plots for a second because let's just reference here. You know, we live in Kansas. You have been in Kansas. You've owned land in Kansas. Mm-hmm. You've hunted yep. here a lot. We have to have, for dry land, prairie, roughly about, I'd say, 130 acres to sustain 
18 pair of cows June through September, and then you have mm-hmm. to pull them off. So let's equate that to a food plot because people say, well, I'm going to go put in a food plot and it's going to improve the overall herd health and genetics and blah, blah, blah for a week and a half. But, you know, for the yeah. typical guy that's going to do half an acre, maybe one, possibly two acres, that's really not going to do much. That would be more of an attractant plot, would it? And if you're going to just do an attractant plot, would that kind of change what you're going to plant and perhaps the size of the plot, the shape of it? What say you, Mr. Lee? Well, and you're exactly right on that. You know, you see a lot of people at these farms, they all oh, got a food plot in there. It's a, you know, half acre clover field. And it's like, well, that'll feed 10 deer for 18 hours. And that's about <laughs> it. But that's what's nice about clover because, you know, they do eat it right to the ground, but it'll, you know, it'll grow back if they lay off it. But in those drought years, it doesn't. That's what happened to mine. They ate it right to the ground and it never was regrowing. So a lot of it died because they just kept it right down to the dirt the entire season. So, I mean, but that's like if people try to do beans or anything else. You know, that's the result you're going to have. You're going to have, like, nothing by hunting season. So, for me, I make sure I have everything on our farms. And, and the biggest thing that, that we've had the success is that we I call them destination fields. They're big enough fields that can sustain a lot of deer, especially in late season. You know, 20-acre field, 15-acre fields, and not just one per farm. We have several of them. But in my smaller fields, I always like clover just because it, it provides a lot of tonnage of, of food, and it's easy to grow, and it. Uh, you know, you have something in the summer and I, you know, the radishes and turnips and rapeseed stuff, that is so phenomenal, like in November here. But I just, I have, I, I end up doing a lot of them, but just like this, there's a lot of fields that have corn or beans or clovers or whatever I don't get to. And I just keep rolling them back. And if, okay, if we don't get to those, then we'll put them in turnips. And if something happens then it's too dry or something, we roll it back and we can do it in wheat. So you kind of want to have some of everything, but those, I like to have them in there, but if you don't get them in, if it's too wet or, or something like that, you can always, just throw, I go out and even hand seed like winter wheat, and at least we'll give them something in there, even though it won't, you know, once it starts heading out in the middle of the summer, they won't be eating it anymore, but you can kill that off easy and then go to turnips and rape or something like that, but I, I just don't like having fields just sitting fallow with nothing in them, especially if you only have a couple fields in there. You want deer to be attracted to it this time of year, you know, so they're used to coming to that, and then you can switch it over later, but I just don't like if you can't get to something, I just have a hard time leaving fields with nothing in them. Hey, Lee, we got to take a quick break. Can you stick around? I got a whole lot more questions I want to ask you. Absolutely. You bet. Hey, we're talking with Lee Lacoste, and of course, he is the host of Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Sundays at 7.30 Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Yeah, plus you can go back and pick up previous seasons and episodes with the My Outdoor TV app. But this has been brought to you by Horizon Firearms, the official rifle of the revolution with Jim and Trav. Hop online, check them out today at horizonfirearms.com. Now, Mr. Lee, to find you online, your website, social media, all that good stuff to get the crush fever, man. Where can we find you online? Uh, that, those are questions for Tiffany. But I know that all our Instagram and Facebook stuff is just at thecrush.tv and our website. I'm not even, you go to, to hit the crush with Lee and Tiffany and it'll, it'll come up. I don't, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm getting too old for that. Like I said, I just had my birthday. I just, I just concentrate on working. I don't pay attention to social media too much. So those are Tiffany questions, but I know, I do know it's thecrush.tv. Yeah, just Google Lee and Tiffany. There's like hundreds of pages that are going to come up. Yeah, we will return though with the birthday boy, Lee Lakoski, right after this. Listening to the revolution with Jim and Trev. It's classy, it's intriguing, it's sexy, but it's not vulgar. Connect with the boys on social media and at JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The revolution will continue right after these messages. 
I'm really excited about this. Team Michelik has done it again. The first family of shooting sports is back and all fired up. <laughs> From custom firearm creations. We have string, oil, chapstick. Put all these accessories on. To backcountry competitions. <laughs> is this safe? They're proving their skills go beyond the barrel. You ready for what's next? You mean a nap? Shootout Lane, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. Only on Outdoor Channel. That was amazing. I need more. Looking for your next off-road adventure? The all-new Yamaha Wolverine X2 side-by-side is ready when you are. Offering unmatched off-road capability with ultimate comfort. The Yamaha Wolverine X2 is packed with features to help you turn your dreams of adventure into reality. With Yamaha-proven off-road capability, comfort, and confidence, visit YamahaOutdoors.com to learn more about the 2019 Yamaha Wolverine X2 and realize your adventure. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Thanks for tuning in to The Revolution with Jim and Trav as we chat Whitetail Habitat Solutions. This is getting freaky. Now let's rejoin Lee and Tiffany Lakoski, hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaOutdoors.com. This is part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions on this week's show. Before the break, we had part one with old Lee Lukoski. He has a program called Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Yeah, it's Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Hey, you know what? I've been reading some statistics, and it says at least 44% of Whitetail's diet throughout the year consists of Forbes. What the heck's a Forb? <laughs> well, I actually probably think I would say there's probably more than that, but like all year, just browse. I mean, I would think that, you know, just from watching deer over the years, you know, they come out to your food pots for a bit, but you watch, you know, most of their day is spent just, you know, browsing and, you know, on leaves and grasses and, you know, just brush and stuff in, in the timber. So, you know, you got to, you want to really concentrate on that too. I know most people think about just food pots, but also your timber is just as important because they, they spend as much time or, or more, I believe more, at least at our place, in the timber browsing. So that's why, you know, we do all the hinge cutting and open that up and make sure you got lots of, you know, new regrowth coming from the forest floor. And then even on all, all our trees that we, you know, we hinge cut, you know, they're still, I just went and looked at some yesterday that we did early and just fully leafed out, just like the trees that are standing. You leave that piece of bark and piece of tree connected. So now you got all the leaves and, and even some of our, you know, our trees from last year that still had some, you know, leaves on them. They all came off and new leaves on them and stuff. So, I mean, you get all that, food that they're eating instead of up at 100 feet in the air it's right on the ground for them and just cover and that's you know kind of the main thing for me hunting wise you just want to keep some cover in there that you can walk through those woods or get to a stand without blowing everything out of there but you know you're always thinking about the health of your deer too yeah mr lee lakoski the host of alongside uh miss tiffany crush with lee and tiffany sunday 7 30 p.m eastern time on outdoor channel now you're talking about timber stand improvement i love seeing that and obviously it's a practice mr lee you've done for a long time but you guys really do feature that on social media and you try to get more people involved because the benefits and the quality nutrition and forms that comes from a new forest per se as they would call it is so important but when you're making those edges do you like to feather the edges so you just don't have this abrupt meat where you have uh, mature trees against what you have taken down do you kind of like to feather that edge uh, and extend out and give them a little more cover yeah, that's some, like one of the main things I'll start on is next to my food plots. I'll, I'll always go do, they call it edge feathering or for me, I just, you know, just dump a bunch down. And, and part of it is just, you don't want to shade so much of your, you know, like a lot of my food plots are right in the timber. So you just, okay, which ones are shading this off? 
you know, so much and let's get them down and stuff and open up that sunlight can get into the, the food plot. But still more than anything is this cover when you're walking in and out of there. If there's, you know, if there's deer bedded nearby, they're not seeing you. So I'll do, I'll normally start out with all the edges of the fields and then I go to like their bedding areas. Like we got like big ridges and stuff like where they like to bed. And then I always then I spend a little more time on those, you know, I'll hinge cut some and bend them over and, and do a couple of them to kind of give a little bit of a canopy. And then I cut some logs and put them in there, places where they bed. I like to put their backs up against something. So like a place where they're bedding already, those ridge tops, I usually do a whole bunch, you know, do a bunch on those tops and try to get a bunch of bedding areas in there for them. And just so, you know, even if you, when you're hunting the timber, which I don't do a ton, you know, I do in the ruts, I'm going to have some places, but it takes me a long time to find a spot in there where I feel comfortable going in and coming out without moving anything out of there. So I try to do those ridges and stuff where I potentially may be hunting, uh, you know, during the rut just to keep them cover in there too for them where they feel safe. They, a lot of times, even if they see you, if they feel safe and they're tucked in, they're not going to bolt out of there because a lot of our timber's so open, you go try to walk in there to hunt, like in the afternoon, you see just a sea of 50 deer running out of there, you know, 200 yards away where they can see you. So the biggest thing is, okay, try to get some cover for myself, getting in and out of there and for the deer. And then, of course, it opens up those ridge tops where sun can get in there, especially late season, wintertime. You know, you get sun down in there, that's where they like to lay when it's cold, any place where sun can get on them. And, of course, instead for just new regrowth, you have a lot of food for this time of year. You bet. Now, uh, in your forest management, uh, do you now? You mentioned about having apples and pear trees. Are you planting mm-hmm. any other trees? I mean, do you do, do you plant hardwoods? I know it takes years and years and years for those to mature to really become anything. Are you yeah, planting? Are you diversifying your forest? I mean, it is. It does take a long time. But some of them, like when we first got here, you know, almost twenty years ago, we planted a whole bunch in into trees that was, you know, just CRP in the trees, and those are. 40 feet tall by now. Oh, wow. I mean, it does take a long time for oaks and stuff like that. But the thing is, in 40 years from now, you'd be wishing you'd done it. So we have a couple farms that we put into CRP and trees that we did that. We just planted just rows and rows of oak trees and stuff to produce acorns. But I'm not so big on that here because our natural forest here, we have a lot of timber, has a lot of, has a lot of oaks in, in there already. So mostly I concentrate on the, you know, pear trees have been great. Uh, a friend of ours, Kenny Hallman, that we met out at a show in South Carolina, I believe, you know, has a tree farm out there. And he's been awesome at different, all the different varieties in, in pear trees. And you get all different varieties that drop at different times. Some of them start dropping in September, some in October, some in November. So you, you can, you know, stagger them all through a, a tree plots, basically. So all, all months of the, of the hunting season, you got ripe pears dropping. And it's been great on those. I'm telling you, like two years, they're putting pears on already. Now, like three years on some of them. These pears are so big, you know, they got to prop up the branches. I mean, they're just so oh, wow. many of them just sagging that whole tree down. And a lot of the branches even break off from all the weight of them. I mean, it's just, you're talking two years. Wow. And these trees are maybe 10 or 15 feet tall now. They're probably or maybe six feet when I planted them. So they've been great. And then try to just mix apple trees in with their apple trees take a little bit longer. But those pear trees have been unreal for us. You bet. Hey, we're talking with Lee Lukoski. He is the host uh, with Tiffany with Crush with Lee and Tiffany. That's right. Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. You can always go back and pick up previous seasons and episodes with the My Outdoor TV app. Now, coming up to a break uh, is next Austin Matheny. He's a contestant on the Brigade, raced in the Hudson. Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Again, I know you're such a social media internet buff. 
<laughs> Where can we find you guys online, Mr. Lee? Just Google The Crush with Lee and Tiffany or TheCrush.tv. We'll take you most to all of our social media pages. All right, this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online and check them out, YamahaOutdoors.com. Mr. Lee, man, you're so awesome. God bless you. Thanks for calling in, buddy. Hey, thanks. You too. All right, bye. Please accept our apologies. The following will be horrible. Gordon Whittington makes me blush. North American Whitetail. Lee Lukoski makes me crush. Big Buck Down. Austin Muthini from the Brigade. <laughs> they are on today's show, yeah. Hey, this is Lee Lukoski from The Crush with Lee and Tiffany, and you're listening to Jim and Trav. We worship whitetails, we love backstraps, and we wear camo underwear. Wait, what? We are The Revolution with Jim and Trav. As people who love the outdoors, we know what we stand for. We stand for fish, wildlife, and conserving places they call home. We stand for the traditions we inherited and that we must pass on. We stand for great gear, fair prices, expert service, and memorable experiences. At Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, we stand together for you. Located in the heart of Maui's premier resort, Kanapali Beach Hotel is officially recognized as Hawaii's most Hawaiian hotel and the number one best value in Hawaii. With a range of accommodations and affordable dining options, this is the ideal setting to turn Hawaiian dreams into lifelong memories. Live Hawaiian entertainment every evening, free year-round children's programs, weekly arts and crafts fairs, welcome breakfast, and departure kukui lei ceremonies add to the value. Swim in the whale-shaped pool, indulge in the fabulous spa and hotel salon. Enjoy Hawaiian hospitality at its best at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel. Call 800-262-8450 or go to kbhmaui.com. That's kbhmaui.com. Aloha. The Revolution with Jim and Travis back. Now, here's Austin Matheny, a contestant on the Brigade, Race to the Hudson, Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here are the boys. Hey, we're back. We're talking Whitetail Habitat Solutions on this week's show. Before the break, we had old Lee Lukoski on with a two-parter. But right now, we're being joined by Austin Matheny. Austin Matheny, he's a contestant on the Brigade Race to the Hudson. You have to watch it Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. This is 10 people. Actually, Tracy was eliminated. Now it's just nine. They have to go 750 miles in 28 days to possibly win 500,000 smackaroos. I wonder if that's Canadian or American currency. Ooh. I don't know, but this man right here, Mr. Austin, he is a bearded Viking. Uh, how's it going, homie? It's going great, guys. How are y'all doing today? Yeah, now we watched the uh, the, the fourth episode this week, and we've been following it as it appears. Oh, so good. But, but you're, you're one of the toughest guys on that whole crew. I mean, you said, hey, get in your boat. Let's shoot these rapids. Did you have a did you have a problem with holding back? No, not really. Just because of my uh, my experience throughout the years and my knowledge on reading whitewater um, and those pack rats, you know, they're pretty self explanatory when you get in them. I mean, they're not. It's not like sitting in a an actual kayak where you have to rotate your hips and there's you know, all kinds of crazy movements. Um, so the balance is a little bit better 
for uh, for the most part. So I was just ready to get through it and have some fun. Yeah. Now, when you guys first kicked off, there was a 10 man brigade or 10 member, I should say, you know, it was part men, part women. But you guys have to go 750 miles in 28 days to York Factory. It's called the York Factory Express route now as we get farther into this and like jimbo uh referenced the second ago uh the fourth episode aired earlier this week we're learning that this is getting tougher and tougher as you go and you guys just got through a hiking portion of your trip with which was just absolutely grueling but one thing you know i'm sitting here and i look at these packs and it looks like you have seven or eight people just on you guys's backs it looks like a lot of stuff how much did each of those packs weigh individually? Well, going into it, everybody, you know, they brought their own gear. And uh, so we, you kind of distributed uh, how you felt like what you were going to need th- throughout the hiking stretch. Um, I've always been low weight, minimal stuff, and just, you know, get by with what you can, um, which luckily ended up helping out, you know, because I was able to put more weight on me uh, and sort of a bunch of other, like, other the guys and girls on the team. And, um, but I would say probably the average pack was, you know, 65 to 80 pounds at any given time, just Ooh. depending on what you were carrying. Well, that's as much as some of those gals weighed, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty damn close. Oh, man, that is absolutely amazing. All right, Mr. Austin Matheny, he's a contestant on the Brigade, Race to the Hudson, Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. You have to watch this show. Now, you are, a, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but a third-generation whitewater rafting guide uh, with over 20 years of experience. It was really interesting when you got to the pack raft portion of this past week's episode it seemed like there's a lot of people with hesitations carly was definitely one of them but i think you and matt have a lot of experience in this area but he was kind of annoying me to be honest with you he was almost like having your mom along you know out there he's wanting to go ahead and check out all these rapids Austin, should you do that you know for a class three <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal i mean you finally got fed up at the end and you're like i'm just gonna go shoot this see what happens it's not that big of a deal and that turned out to be the smart move to make right yeah sometimes i mean when you go into and you've done it for so long and you know how to read water and you kind of got an idea of what's underneath the water. And, you know, if you know there's not any crazy rocks or if someone falls out, they're not going to be in, in real, real danger of foot entrapment or anything like that. Um, you know, sometimes the best way is just to run it and not overanalyze everything and sit there and waste a bunch of time. I mean, a lot of those rapids are pretty self-explanatory when you look at them. I mean, the, all that water goes to one area. I call it looking at the green tongue. It's where the slack water meets and it goes into the rapid and, uh, you know, you just follow that green tongue and stay on that line and just keep paddling forward and use that momentum and you'll get through it. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Austin Matheny and he is a contestant on the Brigade. That's the Race to the Hudson. It's on Monday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. That's right. Now, once again, we watch uh, episode Matheny? 4. Matheny. Matheny. He is the stud. He is the god of conquering <laughs> is what he is. Now, to learn more about uh, you, Mr. Austin Matheny, plus other contestants on the Brigade, uh, upcoming episodes, all that good information, social media, where can we find you guys online? Check us out on social media. It's the Outdoor Channel or the Brigade TV. 
um, and you'll find all the, the information you need to, to check us out and, and get in touch with us and hope y'all enjoy. All right, again, Austin Bethany, a contestant on Brigade, Race to the Hudson, Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. You have to watch to see if they make it to York Factory and claim the $500,000. So exciting. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Austin, you're so awesome. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks, guys. Uh, like talking to y'all. Can I borrow your internet? JimandTrav.com. Everything outdoors is right there. Stay tuned. The revolution will return right after this. My Outdoor TV is now available on all your favorite devices. With the best hunting, fishing, and shooting shows ever made, it's the ultimate streaming service for real-life outdoor adventures. My Outdoor TV is packed with over 10,000 exclusive episodes powered by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. The leaders in outdoor entertainment. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. Start your free trial today. My Outdoor TV. Now, everywhere. Deer Stopper. Bull Bumper. Donkey Knocker. Elk Crusher. Brush Guard. Cow Pusher. No matter what you call it, make sure it's a Ranch Hand Legend Grill Guard. The leader for over 30 years in front-end protection for trucks and SUVs. Visit RanchHand.com to see which Ranch Hand Grill Guards, Bumpers, and Running Steps fit your Ford, Ram, Chevy, GMC, or Toyota. Ranch Hand. Built in America. Built by our hands. Built to take a hit. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak! I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. But, I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the We've got a problem here. That concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. Do you have some idea how strange that sounds? Well, yeah. What do I do now? You can follow the boys 24-7 at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. We talked about Whitetail Habitat Solutions, and of course we had Gordon Whittington on. Yeah, plus Lee Lukoski from Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel, and also Austin Mathenia, contestant on the Brigade Race to the Hudson, Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel, and Mrs. Bunny, you stopped by for a little bit as well. You bet. Great show, guys. Yeah, hey, we want to thank our 500 50 affiliate stations or advertisers and everyone that makes this show possible like miss bunny fun joe and the whole hee-haw gang here at the revolution uh, all right so get outdoors this weekend take some kiddos with you you know this is a perfect time to go fishing to do a little planking in the backyard just recreate outdoors do it together as a family in hammer home firearm safety eye protection earring protection the whole works mrs bunny last word go to jimandtrab.com check out all of our content on there leave us your feedback we'd love to hear from you we love you boys and girls so much god bless america you're so awesome thanks for everything
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 